Another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast is on live. And I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, and star of the show, Adam Beasley, who is, as we speak, packing his bags for Mobile, Alabama. Correct, Beasley? Oh, I, 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 the last three nights, I've woken up with great dreams of Winslow's Oysters House. Uh, I am going to have uh, my cardiologist going to be very upset with me because of all the fried fish I'm going to eat. Uh, I'm going to sit and watch uh, a bunch of college football players, 95% of whom I had not heard of before this week. And I'll, when I come back next week, Armando, I will have uh, the hottest of hot takes on who the Dolphins should draft. How's that sound? Fried fish are bad for you? <laughs> fried fish is not good? Wait a second. Wait a second. I've never heard this before. This is true? Yeah, I mean, fr- fried oysters, for those who haven't had them, are a gift from God. But uh, they could uh, end up. You could end up seeing uh, the man upstairs a lot faster if you eat them as much as I do. I, 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 I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, for real? Um, this is very troubling to me. What is not troubling to me is that Devonta Smith will be at the Senior Bowl, and I assume you will be in his closet. <laughs> trying to interview him and get every single detail of his interactions with the Miami Dolphins coaching staff. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – that might be tough uh, considering the COVID restrictions this year. Senior Bowl is not going to be as freewheeling and as open as in years past. But uh, I will certainly uh, do as much as I can to see him. He's not going to do anything on the field, but he'll uh, – sounds like he'll be at, on uh, – on the hip pocket of Brian Flores and Josh Grizzard and the Dolphins coaching staff the entire week uh, because he has been gifted to the Dolphins uh, for uh, the week of the Senior Bowl, even though he's not playing. He's going to go through meetings, um, walkthroughs, and all that fun stuff as if he were playing. He's just not going to practice and play. Uh, and that's great for the Miami Dolphins. It's fantastic for the Miami Dolphins because they're – I can't think of a time uh, – she's – I really can't think of a time in recent memory where a coaching staff, I guess it would be Mayfield. I, I, I would assume the Browns had the had coached one of the teams in, in, 19, in 2018 because um, they didn't fire their coaching staff the year they drafted May, Mayfield. So maybe that will be the last time, but it's not very often where a surefire top five pick uh, goes to the Senior Bowl and participates as much as they can and is embedded uh, into the team of which – with which that might draft them uh, in three months. It's it's a huge advantage for the Dolphins. They're going to have all kinds of intel that they wouldn't otherwise have. And I'll tell you this, uh, there will be no secrets about Devontae Smith uh, when the Dolphins are on the clock in, in April, assuming they still own that number three pick, because they will, they will have all the information they need, whether or not they want to draft him. You know what's a shame is that Jamar Chase, who is uh, who didn't play this year or last year rather because he opted out? He won't be there because he is not a senior. That's mm-hmm. that's that's terrible because I think people forget about him, and that's not a good idea because he also is an outstanding wide receiver. Yeah, let me ask you this: um, not what Armand, what would Armando Salguero do? But what do you think Brian Flores and Chris Greer how they view that dynamic because they love guys like Devonta Smith who come back for a fourth year and want to compete. They want to play. 
Um, I'm not saying that, you know, DeMar Chase should be scolded or reprimanded for watching out for his health and not playing this past year. I don't know the circumstances of his decision, so I'm not going to speculate as to why he made that choice. But I do know this. Flo loves guys who compete. And if you compete for four years at Alabama, didn't he catch the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game as a senior? As a freshman, I'm sorry. I, I think, yeah, I think that was him from a guy named Tua Tungabailoa. Uh, and then came back for his senior year, put it all on the line, and had one of the greatest seasons a receiver has ever had in college football history. Uh, and now is showing up in Mobile for no reason, other than he just wants to be around football and he wants to show the Dolphins and the, the Panthers, the other coaching staff, and the 30 teams that will have scouts there that he's not afraid of any challenge. And I think that if, 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 if there's a tie, the tie goes to the runner, so to speak. And, and, and the runner in the, the Dolphins' eyes is a guy that goes above and beyond. And so I, I think he is doing absolutely everything right to be the number three pick in the draft. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to fall in love with him next week. And I think if the Dolphins do hang on to that pick, uh, he's the likely choice at that spot. I agree that, uh, you know, he's my guy too. That's who I would pick. But I think the Dolphins also look at uh, size and, you know, Jamar Chase is 210 pounds mm-hmm. and, and Devonta Smith is 175. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some people who believe that one guy is NFL body type ready and the other guy is going to have to put on some weight and – we don't know how it's going to be if he does. We don't know if he's going to be able to get off the line of scrimmage. We don't know how all that's going to happen. So that that is the the dynamic at play there. It's not a slam dunk. I mean, Jamar Chase also played in the SEC, also abused SEC cornerbacks when he got the chance. And <laughs> what can I tell you? It's not a, it's not a bad situation to be in either way when you can p- have your pick of those two guys, assuming that's the direction you want to go. Right, correct. And they need they obviously need skill position players in general and wide receivers in particular. They're going to draft one pretty early, I would say, in April. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they have the number three pick or not. We can get into that in a bit. Um, but I, I will say this. Yes, Chris Greer loves prototypes. What does he always say? We make exceptions for exceptional players. And Devontae Smith, you you don't get any more exceptional than that. Had I mean, he had 215 yards against the second-best team in, in, in college football in the first half. He could have gone for over 300 if he didn't mess up his, his fingers. So, yeah, I, I, I get that, but it's not like he's going up against a, a bunch of, you know, undersized dudes in college football. He played in the SEC – and then played against Notre Dame and Ohio State in, in, in the playoffs. So those, those are real athletes he's going against. And, and I, I think if you have a, an offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing, who knows how to use motion and mismasters to, to, to get your guy off the line of scrimmage, he'll be just fine in the NFL. Yeah, you brought up the uh, exceptions. Uh, one thing, and obviously everything that Chris Greer knows and talks about, he, he learned a lot from his dad. He learned a lot from uh, Parcells. He got mm-hmm. a lot from Saban and those guys. And Parcells was one that said, if you draft too many exceptions, you've got a team of exceptions. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, their quarterback is an exception. Jakeem Grant is an exception. Um, 
at what point do you stop going with the exception? It's a great question, and it's one that I, uh, above my pay grade, so to speak, uh, I will say this. Um, I don't think it's, it's you know, Jakeem Grant, is, they, they didn't see him as a starting wide receiver. I don't think he wasn't paid like a starting wide receiver. He was a gadget player and a returner who had to play a ton of snaps because half their wide receiving crew opted out and the, the other half got hurt. So, yeah, I mean, Jakeem, I don't think they ever envisioned him to have that kind of workload. Um, but, but yeah, you'll need Devontae Smith to play 60, 65 snaps a game. And the size would be the only question, can he hold up physically over the course of an NFL season? Um, I personally, I think the, the risk is, is worth the reward. I think he is so good and he's so dynamic. I mean, he, he doesn't just run, Armando. He glides. I mean, he goes fast without looking like he's going fast. And he runs away from guys without looking like he's even struggling, you know, exerting any effort. And that, that's, that's some rare, rare athleticism there. So, um, and, again, and it, go ahead. So, no, I, I, the point that you made about Jakeem Grant, very well taken, with one little exception. And the exception is every year for the last three years, the Dolphins have needed Jakeem Grant to be a guy at the end of the year because every year they put together a wide receiver room <laughs> of guys that aren't durable. And so what happens? Every year they ask they need Jakeem Grant to play more towards the end of the season, and the way the narrative goes, he doesn't have to play a lot in September, has to play more in October, has to play a lot in November, he's not available in December. And so it's not his fault, it's that the way you comprise the rest of the wide receiver group is you lose all those guys who aren't durable. You have to go with the exception at the end of the year, and he can't make it to the end. It's like this this wheel that never stops churning. Right. Uh, I, 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 and if Devonta Smith was like uh, Tua Valoa with an extensive injury history in college, I would say major red flags. But, I mean, I'm, I'm looking up his stats in college now. Did he miss a single game in four years? Let me let me let me take a look. I mean, he he seemed like he had a great deal of durability. Uh, I'm looking now as a as a freshman, he played eight games. As a sophomore, he played 13 games. As a junior, he played 13 games, and as a senior, he played 13 games. So I don't know what his deal was as a freshman, but sophomore through senior years, he was available. And and oh yeah, not only was he available. His production went from eight – this is insane – from eight catches to 42 catches to 68 catches to 117 catches and 1,856 yards and 23 touchdowns as a senior in 13 games. That is bananas. So, yes, I agree. You don't want to make a habit of getting a bunch of little guys or guys that are too slow or, you know, don't fit the prototypes. But – I'm willing to take a gamble from what I've seen with my eyes from what he's done in the last two seasons. It's been absolutely amazing. So am I. And one thing that doesn't get looked at a lot is that when guys went down around him, he his game didn't step back. His game didn't suffer. It got better. Mm-hmm. When Jay, when Waddle, Jalen Waddle went down with an injury, I think he had an ankle injury this year, Everybody was going, oh, my God, Jaden Waddle. Because at the beginning of the year, I would I would say to you that Waddle had probably as many, if not more, uh, scouts thinking that he was going to be the higher pick. And yet, but, you know, 
He goes down with an injury, and this guy, Devonta Smith, turns it on, multiplies his production because, you know, I had to do it. It's it's necessary. The team did it. Yeah, yeah he had 37 receiving touchdowns the last two seasons. Um I don't know if Dolphins wide receivers had 37 receiving touchdowns total the last two seasons. Um, and what's really amazing, Mondo, when I look at his numbers, his average yards per catch this year was the worst of his career at 15.9, okay? This is not a possession receiver. This is a home run hitter. He is a dynamic, dynamic guy. And I think whoever drafts him is going to get a stud. Honestly, if if – you ask any NFL general manager, any of them, all 32, would you trade your wide receiver core as currently uh, comprised for the Alabama wide receiver core of, say, 2018, 2017? All of them would do it. All of them. All of them. Those are five first-round draft picks in that group. They're an absolute machine. They're the best recruiting school in the country. There's a reason they play for the national championship every year. And uh, the Dolphins would be wise just to set up camp in Tuscaloosa for the next three months and and draft any guy that's available when they pick because uh, it's hard to go wrong. But I will say this, Armando, and this will be your crappy podcast tease. Uh, Did they get it wrong or are they having second thoughts about the Alabama quarterback they took last year? We'll get to that. That's an that. amazing. Uh, that's an amazing way to go into a. a uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's. Wow. Well, we're back, and I hope that tease kept you on the edge of your seat. Of course, we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa, the number five pick in the draft last year, who we think will probably be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. But I'm certainly not sure of it. Are you, Armando? So. If you ask Chris Greer, he said unequivocally, uh, is it unequivocally, unequivocally? He said without doubt that Tua is our starting quarterback in 2021. Uh, interestingly, Brian Flores didn't say that hmm. uh, during that press conference. He never said Tua is our starter in 2021. And, you know, last week I spoke to some Dolphins players, Adam, Mm -hmm. and they had uh, an evaluation on Tua for the year, and their evaluation was honest. And it was that there was some good and there was some bad. There was some stuff that they were impressed with in that he's a great leader, he's a quiet guy, he's a plus in the locker room, he doesn't mess with anybody, uh, very good accuracy, but they have eyes, and they saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick was better, and they saw that Tua struggled at times, and they saw that the practices were nothing, uh, you know, that suggested future stardom, so, so the Dolphins were all a flutter about that story, and you know, they, they took steps to, I guess, walk back the record or whatever or the narrative. There was a, there was a bit of damage control involved. Yeah, they they had um, 
they had the coach come out and tell ESPN, we still believe in Tua. Okay, great. So you said the same thing you've been saying. That's neither here nor there. The question is this. Do the Miami Dolphins involve themselves in trade conversations with the Houston Texans if indeed, and it's a question, but if indeed Deshaun Watson is available at some point in the next two months? Of course they do. Because Deshaun Watson uh, is one of the best players on the planet, regardless of position. He, uh, and I know, the, you know there's a lot of Tua fans out there that just makes them crazy. He is a superior player to Tua Tungabailoa. Uh, he, Deshaun Watson and a Brian Flores defense will make you a contender every single season. And we don't know yet if that's the case with Tua. It might be, but... I don't if, – if, if I'm Chris Greer and if I'm Brian Flores and I have a sure thing versus a might be, I'm going to go for that sure thing. And I'm going to go out there and, and, and make my team better. And, 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 and here's the thing about Brian Flores. I, I understand what he's saying. He has to say that. Uh, they, have to, they have to express confidence in their guy because there's a good chance, as I said, he's still their quarterback next year. But I also know that Brian Flores is the ultimate competitor and does not believe anything should be gifted to anyone. And if he sees a way to improve his team, he is going to do it. And trading for Deshaun Watson would, without question, improve their football team. Yes, it would come at a cost. Yes, you would have to give up the number three pick that Houston gave to you for Laramie Tunsil anyway. Yes, your other assets that you would have to part ways with. You know what? the Dolphins would still be ahead. It's like everyone talks about the NBA when you trade for a superstar, and the, the team that trades a superstar never makes out as good as the team that acquires a superstar because the superstar makes everyone better, makes the franchise better. That's what it would be with Deshaun Watson, and, and the Dolphins know this. They understand this. Now, I will say this, Armando. If I'm Chris Greer, I'm not calling the Houston Texans. I am waiting for Deshaun Watson to announce that he wants to trade. He hasn't done that yet. I'm waiting for him to announce that he wants out. And I'm waiting for my old friend Nick Casario to pick up the phone and call me because I do not want to operate at a position of weakness. I, when it comes to this negotiation, there's going to be a bidding war, and the Dolphins will get into it. Have have some, you know, they, they have some advantages. Is that Nick Casario calling? Yes. <laughs> Tell him that I am not giving up anything more than number three pick and Tua Tagovailoa for Deshaun Watson. That's it. That's that's my final offer. Yeah, well, that's not going to get it done. So, <laughs> sorry. Here's here's the the nuance to all of that. I don't know of anyone who wouldn't make a trade for Deshaun Watson that needs a quarterback. And the Dolphins, they don't need a quarterback, but their quarterback situation is not in in any way settled uh, and assured. So, if you're going to involve yourself you better go into that involvement darn sure that you're going to get the guy. Darn sure that you will move heaven and earth to make him, uh, to make Deshaun Watson a Miami Dolphin. And the reason that I say that is the following. If you involve yourself in this thing and you don't get him, you have announced to the world that your big... Tua is our quarterback in 2021, was not nearly as, uh, you know, solid as everybody thought or as you pretended it to be. That's number one. Number two, 
you've more importantly announced it to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, uh, we wanted to trade, you know, for Deshaun Watson to replace Tua because let's make it clear, it would be a replacement of Tua. They would have to either include Tua in the package to send to Houston or package Tua to some other team. So what I'm saying is the following. You cannot, you have to go in there with a plan. You have to go in there with a plan that is going to work. And you. And the last thing is, if you're going to be part of it, you better make sure that the New York Jets don't win. Because, totally right. Totally right. If the New York Jets get Deshaun Watson, if they go crazy and they they come out with Deshaun Watson and now he's in your division and Josh Allen is in your division, are you kidding me? And and Bill Be- and Bill Belichick is still in your division. Uh, you're absolutely right. That was the point I was going to make. I cannot see, and this I could be way off, but you and I have been around Steve Ross. You've been for a bit longer than I have, but we've both been around him for a decade at least. And there is uh, nothing that in my brain that could see him being okay with Deshaun Watson going to the Jets, him having to wake up every single morning in Hudson Yards to look at the back page of the New York Post and see Deshaun Watson lighten up the AFC East and, and his team unable to catch up because, look, if you have a franchise quarterback, that's 80% of the battle. It really is. Uh, I cannot see him letting him do that, uh, particularly because this was supposed to be the moment they fixed it. And this is what drives me crazy a little bit about some of the discourse I see fans and others saying, well, you work so hard to get all these assets. Why would you just give them away? And that's the wrong way to look at it, Armando. You look you, you picked up all of these assets and you lost in 2018 uh, or 19, and you, you, you tanked or whatever you want to call it and you got a billion draft picks, you traded Tunsil, to give yourself the best chance to win a world championship. That's why you did it. And if it takes those assets to give you the best chance to win a world championship, do it. Do not think twice about it. And, yes, it's going to cost a lot. I think the smartest thing that Brian Flores and Chris Greer could do right now is to get in the good graces of Deshaun Watson. And it already sounds like He's got a lot of respect for the people who run this organization, which is a good start. But since Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract, he has veto power of wherever he goes. And so if, you know, it sounds like he likes Robert Sala a lot, the new coach of the Jets, and that's the reason I think that there was some buzz yesterday about the Jets as well. But if you get Watson on your side, the deal will get done. If you convince him that this is the right place to be, the deal will get done. And the Dolphins will have one of the five best players on the planet and they'll compete for world championships every single year. But I think that's the most important part because it, when it comes to when it comes to trade assets, the Jets might have a little bit more. They have the number two pick instead of the number three pick. That that all that crap can even out. You you can you can find a way to have the best package. But if you have Deshaun Watson on your side, it makes the job so much easier. Obviously, the Dolphins can't talk to Deshaun Watson right now. Neither can anyone else uh, officially, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That that would happen in two months. They can, however, strategize what they are willing to part with. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so um, let's let's do the exercise, shall we? Sure. Let's let's do the exercise. Um, tell me what you're willing to part with. Well, I'm going to part. Oh, wait with a minute. Long. Wait yeah. wait a second. Let's 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 play this out. I'm going to be GM Beaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That means I'm Nick Casario, who looks like Beaker of the Muppets, and you be Chris Greer. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, Nick, I know this is a uh, – welcome. first, congratulations. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, I'm happy for you and your success. Uh, look, you've got a tough situation in your hands. Nobody, absolutely nobody wants to trade a franchise quarterback. I get it. It would kill me to have to do it. But we don't, you know, we don't deal in the world of what ifs. We deal in the world of what is, okay? And here's what is. What is your, you've got a tough situation in your hands. Your quarterback does not trust your owner. Your quarterback probably doesn't even want you to have the job that you have presently. That's not neither here nor there. That's not your fault. Your job is to make the most of a bad situation. And I'm going to help you make the, the best of a bad situation. You want a possible franchise quarterback for your future? We have a guy named Tua Tungabailoa who's still under your control for three seasons. You want to restock the, the, the draft cover that your, your predecessor kind of laid bare for you? Okay. We have the number three pick in the draft. And we also have the number 18 pick in the draft. Those are three really good assets. And you know what? We haven't told anybody yet this. But Javion Howard maybe not want to, might, might, might not want he'd be here if he doesn't get a raise. It's possible. We, we don't know. We haven't talked about this yet, but he obviously wanted some money last year. How would you think about Xavier Howard being part of the deal as well? What can you do for me there? And your response would be? All right. This is my response, Chris Greer. Um, first of all, Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure beating your butt the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> when I was with New England and you were with Miami, it was our pleasure. Uh, second of all, I'm going to beat your butt again today. And the way that this is going to happen is you're going to give me four first-round draft picks, and you're going to give me two second-round draft picks, and you're going to give me Tua, and you're going to give me Xavier Howard, and another player that, that I haven't decided yet on, but has to be a starter. Um, so that's how we're going to do this. Um, four first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, your starting quarterback, the interception leader in the NFL last year, and another starter. Your thoughts? All right, well, that, that's obviously too steep. We're, we're not going to go there. But we're, I would be open to the four first-round picks, Nick, but under one condition. The number three pick isn't part of that package then. I can give you my first-round picks that belong to the Miami Dolphins for the next four seasons. I'm okay with that, but it's not going to be the, your pick that you sent me last year. Uh, That's the, the our number, pick. That's the, our the, pick. The, the number three will not be involved with four first-round draft picks. And I'll say this. Wait, I, am I think that, I, wait, wait, I'm sorry. What, what is it, hon? The Jets are on the phone. Uh, yeah, the Jets are on the phone, Chris. Make it quick. Yeah, I'm going to see if they're going to agree to that. And keep in mind, you like you you wanted Tua. Well, Sam Darnold is no better than Tua, and he's only got one year left in his contract. What value is that to bring Sam Darnold to Houston? If you want to be able to build your franchise the right way, and we're we're willing to help you, we'd be a would be a good partner in this. Tua is the player you want. You don't want Sam Darnold. So take that call. We'll see what they have to offer. I'm guessing at the end of the day, our package will be better than theirs. Well, first, you know, and, and now we're – let me be Armando again because I like not being a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jets are willing to give – would we probably be willing to give up the number two overall pick? Mm-hmm. So if the, if the Dolphins are saying everything but the number three overall pick, they're not winning. Well, uh, here's a question for you. Do, do they have the defensive player of the year as part of the package? 
Well, I'm sure that the you know that Beaker will try to take <laughs> he will try to take the Jets to school as well. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a game changer. True, mm-hmm. of he's course, a, he's a season changer. With all respect, the the Houston Texans last year had a terrible, 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 terrible uh, season, and yet. I think he threw for like 5,000 yards, 4,800 yards. I think he threw 30 touchdowns or 33 touchdowns and like seven or five interceptions. I mean, they would have been winless without him. They lost a lot of, you know, 42 to 38 games. So so he is a difference maker. They're going to demand the, like the house and understand one of their arguments is going to be we gave up two first-round picks and two second-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, a left tackle. Yeah, and my response would be, no, you didn't. Bill O'Brien did. <laughs> and there's a reason Bill O'Brien no longer has his job. And I understand that you want to recoup some of that, uh, but uh, I, I think you don't use one of the worst trades in NFL history as a, a jumping-off point for future negotiations. <laughs> Well, you, you, the Dolphins wouldn't, but you better <laughs> believe that the Houston Texans franchise, they're going to make that point. Look, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, I think they got two first-round picks for him. Uh, the Rams gave up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey plus. So those are cornerbacks and defensive back and a left tackle. Mm-hmm. This guy touches the ball every play. Well, I, I totally, I totally agree. It's going to take a package that equals four first-round picks. I think four first-round picks plus two and Xavier Howard is the. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's something that they'd be able to get. If they can, hats off to Nick Casario. And, and to be honest, I probably would be okay with it as a guy who covers the Miami Dolphins, just because I know the value of the quarterback. I would just be stunned if the price is that high. Okay, so it won't be four first-round picks. I believe I asked for three first-round picks. No, you asked for four. You asked for four. No, no, no. Okay, so I'll give you – I'll go with three first-round picks, two second-round picks, (laughs) two X, and a starter. And a starter? And I'll give you a starter back. Okay. Can that – can that – No, no, Can that starter be – Miles Gaskin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, I thought the, you were going to ask me for the starter back to be Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That'd be fantastic. That would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> and what if Chris Greer goes, give us Laramie Tunsil back? <laughs> and we'll right. get you back uh, with the, the left tackle that the Dolphins got. Oh, uh, Julian, that, Julian Davenport? Davenport, yes. yes. <laughs> that would right. be awesome. We have had a lot of fun, and we've gone long, so I'm going to get you out of here on this. Right now, on January 16th, 2000, whatever today is, January 18th, 2021, does this deal get done with the Miami Dolphins? Um, so I would say... I would give it a 75% chance that it does not happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, um, a 
20% chance that it does happen and a 5% chance that it happens, but it happens to the Jets? I think those are pretty good numbers. I think I would go up as high as 40% chance that the Dolphins get this done wow. um, because because I'm with you. I I don't I don't think the Jets are the destination. I think everything we've heard that's been an orchestrated leak from people near surrounding managing Deshaun Watson is the, the Dolphins are pretty high on his list. And he, for a lot of reasons, this place is desirable. Um, I, I think that if he does get traded, it's to the Dolphins. Uh, but I, I'm, I, there's still part of me that really wonders, is a team going to give up the, one of the best players on the planet just because he's had a bad offseason? And maybe they do. Maybe, maybe Watson goes public and threatens to retire if he's not traded. It's entirely possible. But I would say the odds are still more likely than not that he, he returns to Houston Texans in 2021. It hurts the Texans to trade him. You know, there are salary cap ramifications. They trade him, they're, gonna, they're going to swallow $21 million in dead money. 21 mm-hmm. For the privilege of not having uh, Deshaun Watson on the roster. They can have him. They can, he, they can, if he sits out, then let him sit out, and it would cost them less than if they trade him. <laughs> Think about yes. that. Yes, but they're, they're, if they do that, uh, they're not going to get uh, the return that they otherwise could. And They'll I think get it next of, year. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a business. And yeah, I understand that, but I'd rather have a dollar today than $2 tomorrow. I mean, that's, that could be how they view it. Like, I'm, are we going to let this cripple our franchise and keep us stuck in place, stuck in limbo for an entire season? Or do we, or do we rip off the Band-Aid today and, 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 and have a better tomorrow? I, that that's that's the, the way for me to, to see them getting this done, um, and you, you hear the reporting out of Houston; they're considering it. They're having uh, ESPN reported they're having discussions on what and and who the trade might look like. Um, so that it's something that they haven't dismissed out of hand. Um, I, you know, obviously for the Dolphins, it would be a huge game changer. It would make their franchise instantly better. Uh, so if Dolphins fans who even love Tua should probably see on some level it's better off if they get to Sean Watson. But I, I want to prepare them for the fact that more likely than not, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So next week, after you've asked Brian Flores if they're trading for Sean <laughs> Watson, we will cover what uh, the coach and general manager Chris Greer said to that question specifically from Adam Beasley because, you know, that's the way it's going to roll in Mobile. <laughs> Between bites of uh, fried fish and fried oysters. What do you say, Adam? That sounds like a perfect week. I can't wait to get out there. All right. Join us again next week for the Dolphins in Depth podcast. As always, we appreciate you listening.